the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. To the five oh yeah we did five oh baby five more than forty five Nicodelio and the lady that rules the planet Esmeralda Leo can we get her a tall lemonade tall lemonade first we started with one episode now we got forty nine more oh what's that. Someone's at the door. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. I know you do. Talk about five five zero with Nick Gilio. He's my hero. Talk about the five o with Nick Gilio. Yeah. It's the 50th episode of the Nick D podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. My thanks to Jason Skaggs for uh, putting together that fantastic, uh, exclusive 50th episode theme song. It is episode 5-0. Thank you so much for uh, the support. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing. Uh, please continue to do so. Please spread the word, like, and share, and all of that stuff. We're on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I couldn't be happier. I'm thrilled that we are at episode 50. My thanks to Jason Skaggs. My thanks to Esmeralda Leon. My thanks to Ed and everyone at Radio Misfits. Check out radiomisfits.com for tons of other amazing, varied, very cool podcasts. And you can be a part of our podcast as well. Leave us a voicemail message, 773-417-6948. Any questions, any comments, any support, any of that stuff, we want to hear from you, 773-417-6948. You can also drop us an email anytime you want with any greetings or questions or comments or anything, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, please check us out. Uh, my thanks uh, to, to, to everyone who has listened and subscribed. We've hit the big five zero, fifty 50 episodes. It's hard to believe uh, that we're here. And uh, we're going to have some of my, uh, you know, some of my favorite people on to celebrate the 50th uh, uh, podcast. Eric Childress and Steve Procopi are going to join me for their, uh, you know, every other week visit to review uh, the new movies and talk about stuff like that. Uh, they're always on. They've been on since the very beginning. And, uh, and Esmeralda Leon will join me, as she has for every episode. Um, and uh, we are going to bring in Slap Slapley. We thought it would be appropriate that our old friend Slap Slap, you know, he's really good friends with Tom Hush, the executive producer of the best morning drive show. There's finally something on morning drive in Chicago 
That doesn't suck. In fact, there's something on Morning Drive in Chicago that's actually great. That's the Steve Cochran Show on WLS, the big 89, 890 AM. And, you know, the executive producer of that show was my old producer uh, at, w, at, at the car wash, as we call it. Uh, and that is Tom Hush. Tom Hush is very good friends with this British guy named Slap Slapley who uh, hosts a game show between uh, a competition show between Esmeralda and myself called For the Record. It's a music trivia game. And joining us, we thought it would be great and appropriate and wonderful to have on our 50th episode, Slap Slapley, joining me and Esmeralda for a round of that, of uh, For the Record. So that's all coming up right here on episode number 50, right here on the, the Nick D Podcast. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Sally O'Malley. I'm proud to say I'm 50. Years old. I'm not one of those gals who's afraid to hide her age, unlike some other gals. And I like yeah. to kick, yep. stretch, and yep. kick. I'm fifty. Yep. Fifty years old. That's right. Well, we're not fifty years old, but we like to kick, stretch, and kick because we're fifty. Fifty episodes old. That's right. So that's all coming up. And I want to thank you for uh, for all the great feedback and the support. Again, if you want to be a sponsor, you can do that too. Great time to jump on board. Uh, lots and lots of people listen to this podcast. If you want to reach them, you got a business, you want to advertise, you want to be a sponsor, contact us right now, sales at radiomisfits.com. Get on board, be a sponsor. Advertise right here on the podcast, sales at radiomisfits.com. And uh, that's uh, all uh, happening right here. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. You know, uh, we get a lot of emails, we get a lot of voicemails, and here's one of the emails that we've got. Uh, Dear Nick, I've been listening to you for years. Um, Like, I began following your movie picks when I was in high school, and I thought I needed to learn more about uh, what makes for a good movie. So I sought out Magnolia and even Undercover Brother upon your suggestions. Later, I went to college in St. Louis, and if I was up late on some evenings... Uh, uh, I could align my radio just right. I'd get your broadcast and it would make me feel right at home. I stayed in St. Louis and used the radio app to listen to you at night and firmly boycotted them when you left. I didn't leave. I was fired by the car wash. Uh, <laughs> jerks, morons. Anyway, that, um, uh, now that you're in the podcast uh, land, I ha- am elated. And it's like picking up an old conversation with an old friend. I know logically well that I can listen to you any time of the day, but it always feels right to pop in the earbuds uh, and listen to you at night. There's just something so comforting about it for me. It's kind of like eating ice cream before noon. You can rightfully do it, but it just doesn't feel right. Uh, so you're like my ice cream, a special treat that I've enjoyed at the right time. Thank you so much for venturing into podcasts. That's from Cindy. Thank you, Cindy. Yes, I, I know. You know, it's weird. I do know a lot of people. You can listen to this podcast at your leisure, bro. Uh, you can do that anytime. Um, but a lot of people I know who subscribe and listen do in fact listen uh, at night, which, uh, which is the most comfortable time for them to listen. So we appreciate that. Uh, and I appreciate all the support and everything. Uh, Radio Misfits couldn't be a better home to do a podcast. Ed is the best, and everybody at Radio Misfits is fantastic. And again, if you want to be a part of the podcast, voicemail 773-417-6948. Uh, email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. It is, in fact, uh, episode number 50. And uh, yeah. So let's kick it off with some movie reviews from Eric Childress and Steve Procopi, and then uh, we'll follow that up with a visit from Slap Slapley, another round of For the Record, and my favorite co-host, and I could not do this podcast without her, the wonderful uh, Esmeralda Esmeralda Leon. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Uh, It is episode 50 
That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, 50. my yeah. name is Sally O'Malley. Yeah. I'm proud to say I'm 50 years old. I'm not Episodes. one of those gals who's afraid to hide her age, unlike I know. some other gals. And I like yeah. to kick, right. stretch, and right. kick. I'm 50. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, and also, you know what? Uh, let's say congratulations to us. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jagoff. Ah, yes, that's the familiar theme. That means it's time to talk about movies. And uh, we do that every uh, other um, week on the, uh, on, the, uh, on the program here, every other uh, Friday. We talk about movies. Uh, Eric Childress and Steve Procopi join me to talk movies, movie reviews, and all kinds of stuff. Um, and uh, we love to do that and talk more. And, uh, and it is the 50th, uh, the 50th uh, episode of the uh, Nick D podcast. Uh, and uh, these guys have been a part of it since day one. So let me first say hello to uh, Eric Childress. Hello, Eric. Hello, everyone. All right. And there is Steve Procopi. Hello, Steve. Hey, I think technically we were on since day two. We right. The second <laughs> That's <episode>. right. That's <laughs> right. Technically day two. That's right. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, Eric, uh, tell everybody where they can read your stuff, see their stuff, and hear your stuff. Yes, uh, well, I'm on television every week on a show called Business First AM, where I talk uh, box office every Thursday morning. Uh, that's on WYCC Television, and I have two podcasts. One, uh, the Movie Madness podcast that Steve Procopi is a regular on, and we talk movies, and Sergio Mims, and we talk Blu-rays and stuff. And a second podcast called The Friendship Dilemma that I do with Morgan Geyer. And uh, we just dropped a new episode this week on one of Nick's favorite movies, Colossal. Yeah, I was going fucking nuts listening to that podcast, uh, Eric. Um, <laughs> I, uh, because uh, Morgan was making me nuts. I was, uh, I, I, you know, uh, because, like, you guys are talking about Colossal. And Colossal's a, uh, uh, I, for people who know, I mean, it's one of my favorite films of the, like, decade. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a and it's a movie that means a lot to me personally, and I think it's the best movie that's ever been made um, about alcoholism. And and granted, you know that's symbolism; it's an allegory. Um, but the the way that you guys were talking about, it, and, and and I love the angle that you guys took. By the way, you guys have a great rapport, you and Morgan. Oh, thank you. You have a great rapport. It's fun. It's very entertaining to listen to. Although at one point, I was literally like holding my phone and almost screaming into it, listening. <laughs> Because of the way Morgan was interpreting Sudeikis' character. And I was like, no. So, so I mean, it, you know, it's, it's successful podcast because it, 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 it made me go nuts. Um, <laughs> Is that the, the litmus test? I guess. I guess. But, yeah, Mor- Mor- Morgan was making me go fucking nuts uh, when I was listening to it because of what, what she was saying about Sudeikis' character. And, and I was like, no, but it's about it's like. The, it, I, so anyway. Um, but yeah, no, great. I mean, the podcast is just the only one I've listened to, and I'll, I'll go back and listen to the others. But you know, like uh, when you posted, it, I was like, oh, oh, colossal. Um, and I listened to it, and the angle that you guys take because you talk about—I mean, it's called the friendship dilemma—and you talk about how men and women 
uh, in movies and how they're represented as just being friends and, uh, and you know, the, the, the weight of love or sex that has to be involved in it. And the, you guys talk about the relationship between Sudeik- Jason Sudeikis and Anne Hathaway's character uh, in it. Um, and there's a, lot, there's a lot of levels to that relationship. Oh, yeah. Um, and you guys get into it, but I was just like... Because that, like, that, that movie means so much to me yeah. <laughs> that I was just like, no! I was like scre- <laughs> screaming. Well, well that's what a- I love about doing the podcast. And, and clearly you, Morgan, and I have three different viewpoints into that movie. Uh, you have gone through some stuff. Morgan's looking at it as a woman. Yeah. And I'm looking at it for, on a on a broader scale, and so yeah, there's there's bound to be clashes. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. It's just that it's like it's weird because like it, uh, you know, the 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 the, the character that Sudeikis plays uh, on on a realistic level, that kind of weirdly uh, antagonistic relationship uh, is a very regular, commonplace thing in the world of bars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. a regular thing. Like, and there, it's very, you know, uh, a telling that a lot of the, you know, the, the stuff that happens that is revealed about Sudeikis' character happens while they're drinking in a bar, usually after hours, uh, <laughs> uh, because that's how it is in real life. And those kind of relationships, I've been in them, <laughs> and I've seen them, and it's very accurate. And then on the symbolic level, Sudeikis is uh, the way that he, you know, his character continues in that movie go is it's no longer realistic at that point it's all allegorical and it's about her battle it's mm. a, he represents her battle with alcoholism and so on that level it goes off into a different you know in my opinion it goes off into a different piece of territory uh, mm. one that can't be simply analyzed like oh he's a jerk and she's not you know what i mean there's a lot right a lot more to it than that but anyway really entertaining stuff and, and uh thank and, you uh, so and you guys are hilarious together so <laughs> um all right steve tell everybody where you, uh, they can uh, see you and hear you and uh, read you and all that uh yeah uh written reviews are at thirdcoastreview.com and uh and then also on eric's movie madness podcast uh every week and you know I'm usually hanging out in the lounge at the music box on a, on any given day. Right. So well, it's not it's uh, not that you're but you should let people know that it's not like you're that you I, know, I'm the, I'm the you're not relations lo- director. Yeah, there. I was no, going to say I'm, it's not like you're just fucking loitering. You're like you really you know you know what you know. I am fucking loitering because I don't need to be there. But uh, <laughs> I'm just there. I'm well, usually a, there to watch something. So. No, I know. Listen, yeah. I don't. I, I you know I don't have a stake. I don't work there, but I'm there a lot. <laughs> yes. um, so and uh, congratulations on a really successful 70 millimeter fest. It was great yeah no it was um, it was much beloved yeah yeah really great stuff and i'm looking forward to it well let's mention it anyway you guys are doing a stop motion matinee uh and midnight thing that's coming up uh where yeah um uh, yeah tell us a little bit about that and just just like in it, it's sort of we're sort of building off the success and it has been a huge success for us of marcel the show with shoes on and then also mad god both uh featuring or oh, exclusively my. stop motion jesus so, that but, movie then, that yeah, movie. So, oh my god! Sorry, and I'm glad you got a chance to see it on a big screen. Oh, but um, my god, yeah. So we're kind of starting on July 15th and, and going through the month of July in the beginning of the first half of August. We're doing a bunch of matinees and midnights that feature either exclusively stop motion or, or prom like prominently featured like like we have things like uh, Evil Dead Two and RoboCop to uh, RoboCop and. Uh, King Kong, and then also things like Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, and James and the Giant Peach, 
Jason and the Argonauts, and the one I am probably most looking forward to, uh, Larry Cohen's Q the Winged Serpent. So, yeah. uh, which I don't know if I've ever seen on a big screen. Oh, but, um, so I saw that I, at, the, at the at the Gateway Theater on uh, Lawrence. I'm, I'm dying Central. to see that with a midnight crowd because that and, and it'll probably yeah. be the least attended because no one knows that movie. But it's I don't great. care because it's great. And, I love and that movie. Fuck, uh, fucking Michael Moriarty in that movie is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievable in that movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michael Moriarty, too, like sincerely, like a great performance. I mean, you know, it's a it's an insane, <laughs> it's a completely batshit crazy Larry Cohen movie. But centering yeah. that, like anchoring that whole thing, is a really remarkable performance by Michael Moriarty. He's just great yeah. at it. Uh, well, that's yeah. really cool. That's so. That's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, you mentioned uh, Marcel. We'll talk about that in a second, and uh, and mm-hmm. the success of that. But m- the, the you know the big box office uh, success is in, in kind of insane because Minions is making um, like a ton of money. Um, and uh, uh, Eric, you're the, you do the box office thing a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this thing is tearing it up. What is it? The, is this what is this? The fourth or fifth Minions movie? I don't even fifth, know. Well, fifth, yeah, in the Despicable Me franchise. It's, there are three Despicable Me movies, and this is the second Minions movie. So uh-huh. five of them, and the the, three, the the four prior worldwide gross up, I think it's like $3.6 billion, $3. billion. Jesus. Yeah, so they're, gonna, <laughs> they're, they're clearing over $4 billion now with this franchise, and... You know, I mean, this is the thing where you know, everyone, everyone was, you know, two weeks ago, everyone was all Lightyear. No one made any, no one went to see Lightyear. Why did that happen? All these kind of things. People trying to figure it out. Uh, is it still the pandemic? Our family's coming back. And apparently it was just people wanted to see Minions. Uh, yeah. This, like, I mean, like Top Gun, this movie has been sitting on the shelf for two years. Right. This, this was supposed to come out in 2020, so it, it kept getting pushed back. And clearly, this is the movie that kids wanted to see. I don't think it's necessarily a sign that family movies are back. I, I think, you know, this one, all through the pandemic and up to this point, you know, familiarity has been the key. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. those have been the movies that have been making the money. So Lightyear, even though it was kind of a spinoff thing and Tim Allen didn't do the voice and it wasn't connected to the Toy Story. Oh, movies, and they made a bit. And they made a big. They made a big deal out about a about a lesbian relationship and. Oh, yeah, just so stupid, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Literally yeah. like 0.3 seconds in that yeah. entire movie. Absurd. Of that. Absurd. And uh, you know, so I don't think that that was a huge deal anyway. But I, I mean, I don't know if I mean, there's not a whole lot of family movies on the schedule, and I'm wondering if Hollywood is now re-strategizing a little bit because. You know, Pixar put their last three movies on Disney Plus, and then right. Lightyear doesn't do as well. Uh, I don't know if that's correlated at, entirely, really. But Minions is going to do really well, and then I I only count like three PG rated movies for families on the schedule for the rest well, of the year so far. There's that Kung Fu thing coming out uh, next week. Uh, right, past July. I mean, yeah, the, the yeah. Kung Fu movie next week, and then the, the the League of Super Pets at the end of the month. Right, but then after that, it's Lyle Lyle Crocodile in October. Oh, I just saw Disney, the trailer for that. Jesus. I, yeah, Disney Strange World in November, and then the Puss in Boots sequel in December. Mm-hmm. Which Puss in Boots did not, I mean, do particularly well. It did fine, but yeah. it didn't do Shrek numbers. Right. So I don't even know how that's going to do. Uh, so well, I, I mean, I, I, it's, I wouldn't say family movies are back. The Minions are back. Well, let me. Uh, t- the reason 
you know, uh, that I went to see it uh, because I went after the press screening and, you know, we didn't have like a deadline for, for nor, you know, we, we like to do the deadline stuff here. Like, like in fact, we're, we're gonna re- all three of us have, th- have seen Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we saw it, you know, at, at a press screening so that we could review it timely today when it opens or yesterday or tomorrow when it opens, whatever. Um, <laughs> but I saw Minions because my mother loves them. Okay, and so that's why we went. We went. My my father and my mother and I went on uh, last Saturday afternoon. We went to the Norwich Theater on the Northwest Side, and we went because you know my 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 mom loves it, and my dad and I could probably just think of you know like the Cub game that we're missing or something uh, (laughs) while the movie's on. But my mom loves Minions, and my mom's not a kid; she's seventy eight years old, but she loves the Minions. Um, And I will tell you this: the place was packed. It was the most. It was the biggest crowd that I've seen. Uh, in a movie theater since I saw the Batman two nights before at one of the big preview screenings. It was that packed. Like, there was not an empty seat in the house. Uh, and it was a lot of kids. Kids were dressed up like minions. There were a lot of, like, stuff, you know, people brought their little stuffed uh, animal toy minions with them. Um, and uh, But I will say this. The audience uh, I, I didn't seem to love it. I, I can tell you that. There weren't a whole lot. I mean, there were there were a few laughs here. I guess it like the by the time one of the minions showed their bare ass for the fifteenth time, apparently that <laughs> was enough to get a laugh or two. But they ought the I could the vibe in the room was not was not like oh this is the best you know people are loving this movie that wasn't the vibe at all in the room. I can tell you that, and it was packed. But were there people like I mean you said there were people dressed up at the screening? I'm, yeah, I'm imagining. Yeah, well, I, I was at I was at a screening the other night that I hosted at uh, Oak Grove Cinema, and I was talking to the manager, and the Minions movie is is doing very well there too. But apparently, there's been all of these weird instances where people not only people dressing up, but they're, it's turning like a Rocky Horror kind of thing where people are throwing bananas at the screen. Or some I, shit. I, I don't even understand it. I heard about that. I heard about that. I mean, it didn't happen at this the the, the screening that I went to last Saturday. Mm-hmm. It was just a, like a lot of little kids with you know little little makeup on, and they're carrying their little toys and stuff with them. It was it was completely innocent. There wasn't anybody throwing shit at the screen or banana. And I and I guess I completely forgot forgot about the fact that they like bananas. I I, I guess I don't. I don't even remember. I don't remember. I think they like saying it more than they like bananas. Yeah. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> it's but like now, the word. So Steve, you've seen you you've you've seen Minions and uh, uh, and forgot about it like immediately after you saw it. I would imagine it's written in my calendar, so I definitely saw it. Yeah. <laughs> That's about all I got. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll say what I said on Eric's show last week, which was that if you took your kids to see Minions instead of Marcel, which is also a PG rated film. You're a bad parent. If you could take them to see both, that's yeah. fine. I'll accept that. I'll allow that. But if you took them to one instead of the other, shame on you. Although I, I would, realize Marcel I, isn't open wide right now. Right. And it will I, was, be, but... I, I would say, now, is Marcel, obviously, Marcel is so far. I mean, it's not even, they're not even in the same league. You no, know no, what I mean? No. I know. Like, yeah, but I would say that you're a bad parent if you took your kids to see Minions and not Lightyear. Personally, <laughs> well, uh, that's true too. I mean, because Light, Lightyear is playing everywhere. Light Lightyear was playing all over the yeah. place, and it's out uh-huh. eighty thousand times the movie that Minions is. And you uh, know, what, I mean, again, I have not seen the new Minions movie, but I've seen still frames and video from it, obviously, in trailers. Yeah. And you notice how no one has said shit that one of the Minions dresses up as a girl. No, I at know. At one point, yeah, no, 
I know. And, and, and I also was like, you know, there, and there's all kinds of here's, – here's the question that I had. Steve, maybe you had this question. I'm not hmm. really sure. Maybe, maybe the kids weren't enjoying it as much because um, – uh, and, Eric, you haven't seen it yet, but there, are, there is an, an incredible amount of 70s references that kids are not going to get. Like, um, there's, a, there's a running gag that involves a pet rock. Now, does a 7-year-old mm-hmm. in the year 2022 know what a pet rock is? Uh, no, no. Uh, all do, the music, all the music cues are remakes all, of '70s songs, right? Too. Yeah. They're all '70s songs, <laughs> yeah. and that one of the scenes takes place uh, at a Tupperware party. Not who, <laughs> yeah. who knows what a time. I mean, seriously. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay, well, all right, look, you know, like I'm in my late fifties. Well, as of yesterday, I'm now in my technically, and I'm in my late fifties. <laughs> and um, I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah, okay, I remember Tupperware parties very vividly. I remember Pet Rocks. Very vividly, um, I remember the cars that they're that they're driving, uh, and and I know I knew all these songs like "Hey, the Andrea True Connection." How many of those kids listen to Andrea True now? Uh, oh, the Linda Ronstadt uh, "You're No Good" uh, mm-hmm. is a big is a big thing in the movie. What eight year old now is gonna like get a laugh out of that? Now and and then, but the but the weird thing is, I'm not against having references for adults in animated movies that are named or that are for kids. But there's nothing in the movie for adults. Like, it's not like yeah. there, there was enough. Oh, there's a reference to a Tupperware party. That's enough for me. You know what I mean? Like, when, 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 when a good animated movie comes out and does jokes that are smart for both adults and for kids, like the Pixar movies do on a consistent basis, they're not alienating any part of their audience. You're not alienating the adults and you're not alienating the kids. This Minions movie is on both regards like it's either for a four-year-old or it's for a 50-year-old and nothing in between they they found that they found that your mom was the primary audience and then they just <laughs> went full bore with references she would get so yeah um no but we should mention the film is set in the 70s if it I'm is not mistaken <laughs> so, yeah no yes. it is it is it's set in the 70s yeah. which is an odd thing i guess which you know, obviously kids are gonna want... eat that up yeah yeah no kids are gonna love that <laughs> they're gonna love that um um yeah, so no, it's it's really it's really quite awful, um, uh, and and just like really, there's not uh, there's nothing in the script. There's nothing clever about it. Uh, you know, like the whole build up to the to the climax has been done a million times before. The animation is anything any, anything special? Um, I don't know. I guess it's enough where the, you know they go. That's enough. <laughs> so you do that, and you have them show their ass. Like they put on a funny hat, and they show their ass, and, and millions of people see it. I don't. <laughs> I don't. The, I don't the get big it. the big deal with this movie is that there's a new character that has braces. That's about as deep as this movie goes. Oh, is that character so, new? Is he new? Oh, he is new. Yes, he is new. Yes. Okay. All right. So, well, you know, I mean, it just it's just to me, it's like okay. Well, all right. You know, there was like very little work and care went into the writing of this movie. Uh, it's, a cash, it's a cash grab. And meanwhile, Lightyear makes no money, and a lot of care went into that goddamn script. And, I, yeah. and it was, it was a really entertaining and really lovely and really fun. And, um, you know, and then nobody goes to see that, but everybody's going to see, you know, uh, these yeah. minions. So anyway. It's worse than bad. It's disposable. That's what it, it is. is. Well, it's so... Yeah. Oh. Okay, there you go. Yeah. All right, well, but it's still cleaning up uh, at the box office. Yeah. Um, and obviously this weekend, uh, starting today, uh, Eric, Thor is going to what's, – what's the projection for Thor this weekend? Uh, the projection of Thor is somewhere between, somewhere around $150 million, saying 145 to $155. And yeah. that seems yeah. about right to me. Yeah. I don't think it's going to do the same numbers as Doctor Strange, and but it will probably do higher than Ragnarok did. Okay. 
All right. Well, anyway, so we'll review that in a couple of, uh, couple of minutes uh, here. But you mentioned uh, Marcel. Um, we've talked about it uh, a few times on the podcast because it's been around for a while. Um, you guys had a screening of it at the, um, at the Chicago Critics Film Festival. That was the first time I saw it was there. Um, and uh, it's in limited run. It is playing, uh, Steve, it is playing at the Music Box, and it's mm-hmm. playing at, uh, at a few other uh, theaters. But it is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an incredibly uh, wonderful and imaginative movie that is based on those you know, uh, short films that became Internet sensations and YouTube sensations over the past bunch of years. Um, and the character has become very famous. And then they finally made a full feature out of it. And they've done uh, an incredibly uh, wonderful job with it. So, uh, uh, Steve, first, what did, you mm-hmm. think of, uh, what did you think of Marcel? I mean, you know, you know, I've said it a couple times. I think when we previewed the Critics Fest, I said it's the most adorable film I've ever seen, possibly. So, uh, but it's it's more than that. It's also like very heartfelt. It's very emotional. It's also hysterical. It's so I've laughed so hard at this movie. And I mean, Jenny's. I realize that a lot of the film is created through improv, which makes it very difficult to. It took him yeah. like seven years to make this movie. So, yeah. and yeah. a lot of that's because they kept wanting to add improv. But then you also get like a more I'm assuming a slightly more scripted character in Isabella Rossellini's grandma Connie character, like Marcel's only really the only thing left of her community. And it's about a search for connection. It's also a really great character study about this friendship between Marcel and the filmmaker. Uh, The film, there's a, it's a, it's sort of a, it's sort of a faux documentary. It is a faux documentary directed by the actual filmmaker whose name I have totally lost right here. Um, but uh, but anyway, it, it it's, a, it's a great relationship story between them and how Marcel gets this guy, this filmmaker, to open up about his own disintegrating marriage. And, and you're going to cry and you're going to laugh and you're going to have a complete film experience. Like, it's, it's every emotion in 90 minutes. So... Uh, I, it's right now. It's probably my. Fa- I think. I think I picked it last week as my favorite movie of the year so far. So, at, at the halfway point. So yeah, uh, I adore this movie. Yeah, it's a, it's it's up there for me too uh, as one of the easily one of the best films I've seen uh, all year. Uh, Eric, you, uh, what are your thoughts on Marcel? Yeah, without question. Uh, I mean, Steve and I happened to be watching a, a, a you know screener of this when we were getting ready for the film festival months ago. We, we were just happened to be watching it at the same time, and at the end of it, you know, our joy for this movie was just you know you, you couldn't even imagine it. And like everything Steve said about it, I mean, it is it is is so funny. Jenny Slate's voice work is just exquisite in the movie uh some some of the best uh, animated voice work i've heard in some time and it's frankly it's just one of the best i know it's a hybrid and there's live action and whatnot but it's one of the best animated films that i've seen in some time uh even more than any of the re- more recent pixar films I, I think it's better than all of them it absolutely is one of the best movies of the year and it, it opens wide across the country on july 15th uh, that is the, the the sort of the end game there. So if people, you know, I, I hope that people find this movie in the way that they found everything everywhere all at once earlier this year and turn that into a multi-month uh, sensation. They should do the same with Marcel, particularly that family films are going to be on, you know, on the downslope uh, after July. So I hope that this thing plays through Labor Day. And he keeps finding an audience. Yeah, I think I, I, I think it's actually going to sneak in there and do, and I think it's going to do very well um, because 
um, there are a lot of people that I know uh, that want it to play in a theater near them, but it's not right now. So when it opens on the 15th, when, I'm sorry, yeah, the 15th, right? Yeah. So next mm-hmm. week. Next week it opens wide. Marcel, uh, the shell with, uh, with shoes on, will open wide. Um, you know, uh, people are familiar with Marcel. There are millions of people. Who, this stuff was sent. This was, I mean, it's, they actually cover it in the movie in a really exquisite way, too. Uh, how, how, you know, how emails were sent and these, you know, these links to these videos. You know, like a lot of that stuff was real that they actually showed, you know. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the, the, foot, the footage in this film, this faux documentary, is actually real footage of people who were discovering Marcel, the character, for the past few years online. And there are a lot of people out there who, are, who want this movie to be there. And I've been getting from frustration from people that I know that it's not playing, you know, like places where they can see it. Well, now they got no excuse because it comes out in the 15th. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's fantastic. And, you know, you mentioned Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate is, uh, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Jenny Slate. I just think she is, <laughs> I think she's incredible. And I've loved her since she dropped the F-bomb her first night on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I, I don't care. Um, and I love her. I love her and everything. She's the only good thing in everything, everywhere, all at once. And and I'm you know so wow. it's, it's so if that thing if that thing takes off if Marcel takes off like that movie did um, uh, I will be happy for 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 Jenny Slate on on both <laughs> accounts um, but yeah no and I and I, I I see this thing hanging out for a while uh, and you guys you know uh, Music Box you guys are doing great great numbers for it right the numbers are great and and I think Eric you can double check this I think it had mm-hmm. the second highest per screen average last weekend. Uh, after the after minions, so um, it was up there. It was definitely yeah. up there it, on on just like twenty two screens. I think it was. So um, yeah, it's 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 promising. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's a great movie. Uh, one of the best of the year. Mm-hmm. Beautifully animated movie. Uh, completely appropriate for any age. And unlike the minions, it it will make fifty year olds and eight year olds happy at the same time by not you know yeah, exclu- uh, not right. excluding anybody. You yeah. know what I mean? It's so and and again, I said, I said when I when I introduced it at Critics Fest, I said it's not a kids movie. It's kid friendly, but it's not a kids movie, right. and uh, it's it's for everybody. It really is. You want to talk about inclusive? This movie is about as yeah. inclusive as it gets. So. It's beautiful. It's funny. It's everything. Everything that we've been screaming about how great it is. It is that great. And it's Marcel the shell with uh, shoes on, uh, opening wide on uh, next week. So make sure you check that out. All right. Uh, uh, speaking of things that open wide. Uh, <laughs> Thor, the uh, Love and Thunder. Thor, Love and Thunder uh, is the latest uh, movie from the uh, Mar- Marvel uh, uh, thing. And uh, so, uh, I, <laughs> all right, uh, all right uh, uh, Steve, you care to care to take a crack at the at giving us the background here on the I'm cracking this one too? Okay, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, look, it, it's. It's weird that I I had a similar reaction to um, oh Eric, what did we what did we just review where I like kind of focused in on one character as being like oh it was Elvis actually it was Elvis Elvis. I had a weird a weird similar reaction although not the same in terms of they're totally different films which is that I kind of zeroed in on one character and that got me through what was essentially again also fairly disposable material. and this is this is okay. So Thor: Love and Thunder is is the is the fourth Thor movie. It's the first like solo character Marvel movie to get to four movies. But uh, it's Taika Waititi comes back, uh, who did Ragnarok. Um, 
and he's usually a fairly reliable filmmaker in my estimation. This this is a this is kind of I think he just let his his jokey side get a little ahead of him. The, the problem with this movie is that the tone is so wildly off a lot of times. But what I ended up focusing on a lot was Christian Bale playing this character named Gore, who is played with a great deal of sympathy and pathos by by Bale. And he's one of the only like survivors of this dying planet, and he believes in these gods. And then he gets to meet one of them, the one he prays to all the time, and he turns out to be a huge disappointment. And as a result, he decides that all gods must die. And he gets this necro sword that just suddenly appears to him for reasons I'm not sure were ever are ever quite made clear. And the sword not only gives him the ability to kill gods, but it drains the color from around it. I mean, there's some black and white stuff in this that looks kind of cool, but I, I kind of, anytime he's on the screen, I was with the movie. And for most of the rest of the movie, as much as I love, like, what Hemsworth and, and like, we got Natalie Portman back as Jane Foster. And that's, and then she also becomes, like, another Thor. And that doesn't come off nearly as empowering as I was hoping it would. Valkyrie is back. Tessa Thompson's back. I love her. But yet, somehow they're kind of, it just almost feels like fan fiction. Like being, like, that a kid wrote this. And, and maybe, you know... I guess it's Taika, so you could you could make a case for that. But um, yeah, I, I just I, I mean, th- and there's there's not a lot of god killing in this, to be honest. Like I I mean, Marvel just introduced all these Egyptian gods in the Moon Knight series on Disney Plus. Throw a couple of them in there just for you know just to m- mix it up a little bit. But Gore doesn't kill a lot of gods here, at least not on screen. And um, and when he gets a chance to fight gods, he doesn't really get to kill many of them. So. Um, yeah, I, I I I didn't find it particularly funny. I didn't think the action was all that great. We have they bring in the Guardians of the Galaxy, which makes sense based on the end of Endgame, but they bring in the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like almost a surefire thing, and they're just I don't want to see the Guardians like relegated to the background of an action scene, which is essentially what happens here, and then they just go away. Like and then they're gone. So if you if you're thinking there's gonna be some team up movie, you're you're gonna be really disappointed. Um but basically, and then even the moral of the story, which is basically love is all you need. Um, I, I, you know, I hate to break it to people, but you know, I have a Beatles song from 55 years ago I'd like you to hear. That doesn't like that's not a that's not a new message. That's not a message worth building this movie around. Um, I, I never I just I just never thought that a film that brought back Jane Foster, that brought back all these characters we love from Ragnarok, that had the Guardians of the Galaxy and, and had Christian Bale in it was going to turn out so lumpy and not particularly exciting. And um, But again, I will give Christian Bale all the credit. He is great in this, I think. And um, and he, I mean, But that's just him. That's not any fault of anyone that made this movie. That's just, he's just always going to be great. And like we were just talking before we started recording about the, the new David O. Russell film, which he is the star of, and he looks great in that too. So... He's just great. The rest of the movie is is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now that's all right. All right. Okay, Eric. Thor, I mean, Thor's already Thor already has one of the worst movies in the Marvel universe anyway. So now he can have two. That's fine. <laughs> okay. All right, Eric. Thank, thank you. Thank thank you for that setup, Steve. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I did not think it was possible for there to be a worse Thor movie than The Dark World, but Taika Waititi pulled it off. And uh, not only did he pull that off, but I this is the worst film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, hands down. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, well, hold on. Hold on. 
What? Mor- 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 Morbius came out this year. I mean, that's, that's not, the, is not MCU. That's, that's, not, that's not MCU. Oh, give me a break on that shit. It's a, all yeah. right, whatever. Okay. It's all not. Right. It's now, not okay. Canon. All right. Okay. It's not How? the same. It's, it's not made Sony. by the same people. Yeah. All right. right. Yeah. All right. All right. Whatever. Yeah. We're, now, now it's just, see, that's where we get into semantics that I don't understand. Is right. the is the name Marvel associated with Morbius? Okay, well, as as I said, okay. books, yeah. as, as it I is. Said okay, on, all right. Okay. <laughs> as I said on another show, I said that not counting Morbius, which I have not seen, that I think that this is the worst Marvel property since the Amazing Spider-Man Two. But in the MCU, <laughs> this is the worst movie. Uh, this movie is hot garbage on on a plate of diarrhea, and. I after about 15 minutes. Now I was not a huge fan of Thor Ragnarok. I thought that that film, it's it, it was fun for a while, and then I think its jokey tone, I think, got the better of it. And so by the end of it, I thought the jokiness of it kind of wore a bit thin, and I ultimately came down on it. But that movie looks like the Avengers compared to this movie. And for like the first 15 minutes, that jokey tone is very much there, even though. We have started the movie with the introduction of the Christian Bale character watch his child die in his arms in, in a sequence that kind of propped me up. I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this. But as Steve said, how about throwing a little god killing in this movie? It's basically he kills one god, and then I'm after Thor. That's basic. That's the progression in this entire movie. And you set up this really great character who is... You know, the, the MCU, the Marvel has had a villain problem, and here you have one of the best actors working today with a character that seems like it's going to be a very broad reach and could be very menacing, and you do nothing with them. Christian Bale is absolutely wasted in this movie. Natalie Portman, throughout this entire movie, I don't think has ever, 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 ever been, as soon as they yell cut, turns around and goes to the check clear. And I'm talking the Star Wars movies. All of it. She has never looked more uh, like she doesn't want to be there than she does in this movie. Russell Crowe as Zeus <laughs> gives the most embarrassing performance of his career. I would rather have him start singing as Zeus and do a whole Les Miserables riff than what he does in this movie. This movie has no story. Uh, it is is a complete mess uh, story-wise. Tone-wise, it is trying to do Taika's jokey tone throughout the entire movie and then oh by the way our lead villain his child has died and oh by the way jane foster has stage four cancer (laughs) you know and you cannot get me on board with that if you're not going to take at least that element of the movie that seriously especially since they don't do a really great job of really explaining how the the the, her and the thor hammer i mean there's one line yes i i get it but they do a very poor job in setting up that entire situation. Uh, and then especially when she's not in the world and she loses the hammer and then she's sicker than ever. Uh, it just, you, you can't, you're not, I'm not on board with the, the, the sympathy for that. And the action scenes are listless. They're, they're, they're completely boring. There's not a memorable action beat in the entire movie. Uh, by the end of it, I could not wait for this movie to end. Uh, it is, it's under two hours, it feels like six, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Thor of Dark World is terrible, but at least it had Loki in it for a little while. Uh, this movie has absolutely nothing to hang on to. It's one, it's the worst movie in the Marvel Universe, and it's one of the worst movies of the year. 
Okay. Uh, I hated it as well. And I look, here's here's the thing. I, I, getting into this whole difference between the Marvel universe and the Marvel this and the Marvel I don't give a shit about any of that, okay? I don't know. I don't give a shit. I don't know any of that, okay? This is a bad movie. It's a Marvel movie. I don't care if it's a Marvel Universe movie or if it's, you know, if Huey Lewis made it. I don't give a shit. What, <laughs> what, I don't care about any of that comic book horse shit. I don't care about any of that. I don't remember anything about any of the other Thor movies. Actually, I don't really remember anything about any of the Marvel movies. Okay? I just, every time I walk in, I'm like, I don't know who this is. Like the, the two postscript scenes, no idea. Like, when like, I don't know who that is. Somebody shows up and looks at the camera and winks, and I'm like, okay, good. I don't know what the fuck any of that means, and I don't care. So none of this stuff. When I walk into these Marvel movies, I just don't, I just don't care. And I liked Ragnarok. I thought Ragnarok was actually very entertaining and a lot of fun. Um, and I liked the jokey quality of it. I don't think it's, any, I don't think it's great. And one of, the, one of the reasons why I liked Ragnarok as much as I did was because it was one of the first movies in this universe or whatever they are that had, like, uh, a sense of humor that didn't take, especially, uh, that didn't take itself very seriously, especially following the first two Thor movies, which were unbelievably pretentious and took itself way too seriously. I mean, you got Anthony Hopkins in him, for Christ's sake. And, and so I just remember that. And Kenneth, didn't Kenneth Branagh direct the first two? Yep, mm-hmm. the first okay. one. Okay, the, whatever. So there's pretentious right there. So you've got all of that. And so I thought it was kind of nice that, uh, you know, uh, Taika Waikiki... Watiti uh, uh, did this one, or did uh, Ragnarok, and I, and I, one of the things was also one of the things is you got a killer, you got a killer uh, uh, villain in that movie. Kate Blanchett is phenomenal in Ragnarok; she's great, uh-huh. and her character is very entertaining, and she is able to walk that tightrope between the comedy and the villainy stuff uh, beautifully. Uh, and I also love the fact that like one of the big battle sequences is uh, choreographed to the immigrant song. Uh, mm-hmm. the Zeppelin song, which I was like, okay, so it took that long for somebody to put the immigrant song in a Thor movie, which is, of course, you know, ridiculous. But he takes mm-hmm. it now in this movie, and I, and I got to tell you right now, um, I think just w- w- following uh, Watiti now, uh, watching him uh, on talk shows, seeing him uh, being interviewed and reading about him, he's starting to take himself way too seriously. And he's starting to think that he is this, the snarkiest and the funniest guy on the planet and that he's brilliant and that everything he touches is hilarious and brilliant and he's better than everybody on the planet at doing quirky, funny stuff. He's not. He's not at all. And I don't think he's a great filmmaker by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's made a couple of good movies. He's never made a great film. And the stuff that he's done that's funny, um, he you know puts his stamp on. As far as I'm concerned... Uh, you know, he has very little to do with what we do in the shadows on FX. It's better than the movie, and, and it gets better every season. And it's better than anything he's touched on. And he's gotten to the part now where he thinks he can just do anything. And that's what this movie is. It's him. It's, uh, it's Watiti thinking, okay, I'm snarky, I'm funny, uh, I'm brilliant, and I'll just, make, I'll just throw a whole bunch of my goofy shit up on the screen, and people will love it, and I'm a genius. And it's just this whole pompous attitude that is in every frame of this movie and in his what's his character's name Korg what's it is it Korg Korg all right Korg there's more of him in this movie and 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 way too like all the snarky stuff and and Eric you could not be more correct about Portman wanting to be elsewhere uh like it's just she just shows up 
Uh, all of the stuff seems so forced. Let's get Matt Damon in. Let's get the surprise cameos that they did before where they're acting again. God damn, Russell Crowe. Ridiculously awful and embarrassing, but clearly was allowed to do whatever he wanted to do because Watiti thought it was funny and was encouraged by Watiti. was directed that way. Um, I hated the fact that they mixed the tones in this movie and it doesn't work. Um, I, I think Christian Bale is just going through the motions on this and he's acting in an entirely different movie. He's completely mm-hmm. in, he's in mm-hmm. another movie and in another movie that I don't find interesting. So it's not like he's better than <laughs> anything else. He's just bad in a different way. Um, and I just didn't, I, it, I didn't laugh. Um, uh, okay, look, you did, you, you did the Zeppelin thing. Uh, in the first movie, Watiti. Okay, so why not do Guns N' Roses 50 times in this movie? Uh, um, it, 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 when uh, screaming goats are the best thing in a movie, and even that joke gets worn out, like the first time I laughed. Like, ah, when the, when the goats scream, mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. The second time, I thought it was funny. By the ninth time, I was like, okay, I'm done with the goats now. The only thing I liked in this movie and, and the thing is, like, you mention all these people that are in this movie, and I like all of them. Like, every, like Tessa Thompson is amazing. And, and you know, and, and, I, and, you know, and I, I love Natalie Portman. I like Chris Hemsworth. Christian Bale is terrific. N- nothing in this movie even remotely works. And I don't know what they were shooting for. I don't know. It just seems to me like what T.T. said, I'm funny, I'm brilliant, I'm a satirist of a godlike level, no pun intended, and I'm just going to throw whatever the hell I want on screen, and people are going to love it, and that's what it is. It is a biblical mess on every level. It's not exciting. It's not funny. Um, it is, it's a terrible movie. It is an absolutely terrible movie. And again, I, you know, so there, and I, I always, whenever I don't like a Marvel movie, which is, which is actually frequently, <laughs> which is very frequently, I always walk out and go, okay, that clearly... Uh, I, there's stuff in here that I don't get because I don't care. Like when I saw the, the Spider-Man uh, movie, I didn't give a shit about anything that was happening, and I walked out hating it. And the same thing with, with Doctor Strange. Uh, that Doctor Strange, I found, I found uh, it made me angry because it sucked the personality out of a director that I love, and it became just another you know, stupid carbon copy Marvel piece of crap you know, where they took a really distinctive great director and reduced him to you know, a couple of... Uh, a couple of habits that show up in the movie. But with this movie, uh, it's, you know, Watiti is just like doing his thing, but doing it like he doesn't care. Like it's, hey, to me it was just like him going, nudging people, you know, going, hey, look, do you see all the money they gave me to do this? That's what it seems like. There's a guy who got started in really low budget stuff, um, you know, you know, working a very unique sense of humor and a unique point of view. And now, it, to me, it's just like, hey, uh, you know, I got all this money. I got this studio behind me. Look at the shit they let me do. Look at the shit they let me get away with. That's what this movie is. It's like a multi-million dollar joke uh, that Watiti thinks is funny, you know, and to him and his friends, but it's not to the, to, to the movie going public. It's a terrible movie. Terrible. Yeah. So, well, at least I, it didn't ruin your birthday. <laughs> yeah. No, I no, it didn't because I saw the thing last night on my That's birthday. That's right. Which you, you, can't, you saw a good movie. I saw no, not a good movie, a fucking great movie. Oh, I'm sorry, um, but anyway, but yeah, no, Thor uh, is uh, is terrible, and and again, you know, so now, but but let me just make this clear because you guys like a lot of the Marvel movies, so so the people who are listening, they expect me to hate this shit because I don't yeah. like it anyway. <laughs> 
so, but on a level of you guys actually like the Marvel shit. So, but even on that level, it's disappointing. Correct, Steve? Is this is disappointing? Oh, for sure, for sure, okay. of course. All right. Okay, I just want to make sure, Eric. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, All right, the majority of them I, I like or okay. like quite a bit. All right. I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't just like <laughs> no. it's just not like grumpy Nick hates the Marvel movies. No. But even guys well, like it's Steven, that too. It's that yeah. too. But it's it also is. we also dislike it. Yes. Okay. But I wanted to make sure that that voice was in there. You know what I mean? I wanted yeah, to make yeah, sure yeah. the pro yeah, Marvel, yeah. the pro comic book voice was in there. All right. Good. So yeah. it's bad. It, even people who like this shit didn't like this one. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, let's briefly talk about. I caught up on a couple of movies um, just this past week. I went uh, on uh, Sunday uh, to see a couple of movies, um, and it was four of the most uh, entertaining and best hours I've spent in a movie theater. Uh, one of them was official competition, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which is now wh- how wh- how long ago did you guys see this movie? Because this was wh- was this screened for festivals and stuff. I mean, was this part of like a Sundance or anything like that? Um, it's it screened some festivals. It wasn't at it wasn't like at Sundance or South by Southwest. It, it was out there. I don't remember if it played Venice or something last year. Uh, it's been out there, but it wasn't like even like offered to us for our festival because we would have played it. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I mean, I saw the movie three weeks ago for the first time. Yeah. yeah I saw it right before it opened too. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw it. I saw it the Sunday it opened, and it's. I think it's one of the best movies of the year. Uh, really quickly because mm-hmm. we're we're running out of time, but just very quickly, Penelope Cruz, Antonio Banderas, and Oscar Martinez are the big stars of it. It is about a rich guy who buys a book, who <laughs> the property, because he, he he reaches his 80th birthday and he realizes that he doesn't really have a legacy. And so, as this rich idiot, he decides that he wants something to be left behind. So he decides, I don't know, uh, let's finance a movie. So he buys the rights to a book that he never he never reads. And they hire Penelope Cruz, who is this very eccentric film director with a fantastic head of hair. Um, and she hires the two most popular actors in the world. Uh, one who is, you know, your straightforward sort of big box office guy who drives around a Ferrari and sleeps with a lot of women. And the other is like a, a, a classically trained uh, old school actor played by Oscar Martinez who uh, won't fly first class and does art films and still teaches, you know, acting classes. Puts these two guys together, and the uh, and I think one of the brilliances of the movie is that it's you never see a frame of the film within a film being shot. Right. Somebody has to be uh, answering uh-huh. there. And so you never see a frame of the movie being shot. You never see a, f- a frame of the movie within the movie. The movie is about the rehearsal process, just mm-hmm. the rehearsal process, and that um, I just thought was an incredibly cool way and a different angle to do the take on movie making. Um, I loved this movie. I thought Penelope Cruz was, a, my God, amazing uh, in it. And, and Antonio Banderas showing off his comic chops again. And Oscar Martinez playing great. And it takes a big twist towards the end that is stunning and hilarious. Yeah. And it says a lot about movies. It says a lot about movie making, even though there's not one frame of, of, of film that is shot within the thing. Uh, and, and as someone who has directed a lot of plays and spent a lot of time in rehearsals and dealt with a lot of actors... It's goddamn spot on in that regard. In that regard, and I've worked with a lot of weirdo directors. Uh, but Eric, where do you stand on this one? 
No, I love it too. I, I think it's one of the, it's, it's the funniest movie I've, I've seen all year that I can oh. that I can remember. And yeah. I two I mean the two things about it is that one Antonio Banderas is so funny. He's in hilarious. this movie. Just he does he Antonio Banderas does more without <laughs> speaking in this yeah. movie than most actors do with speaking. Uh, right. Anything Taika Waititi's ever said is yeah. you know not as yeah. funny as what Banderas is doing here. Yeah, and yeah. this movie has some of the funniest sight gags i've oh. seen in a movie i mean sight gags can be very tired and very obvious but there are original things that happen in this movie there's a there's an image of the of them rehearsing under a giant no, rock please, that no. i almost couldn't i was drowning out the dialogue i was that's like so that, that's like silent movie era comedy yes like that that sight gag is beautiful and the payoff yeah. to it like the button is great at the end of yes. it is hilarious <laughs> yeah. man yeah yeah no, I love uh, this movie. Okay, Steve, what about you? You, you, you thought yeah, it was great? Two, two quick things. Uh, Cruz is the star of this film, as far, yep. uh, as, far as I'm concerned. she yep. She's hilarious. I've never seen, but she also has to dominate these two. Yep. And this is also a movie about egos, about two two guys that approach acting very differently, but have the same size ego, <laughs> regardless. And, the, and it's just, and she has to get in there and pry them apart, but also push them together because they're supposed to be playing brothers. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, she's amazing. And I don't think I've ever seen her be this funny or maybe funny at all, really. Um, but yeah, that, those are the two takeaways I had was like the egos yeah. like are drowned in them in some yeah. scenes. So it's, it's, there's a sequence where Banderas pretends to like he's dying. Oh is, my God. Oh, it's so, it's evil. It, it's pure evil. It is, it is. And, and, and I, I have to say, I was laughing my ass off during this movie. There were only, it was, yeah. I saw this, I saw this like on the evening of July 3rd and there were about six of us in the theater and yeah. and and I was laughing the whole time, and I think people thought I was nuts. Like, um, <laughs> like when she makes him say, uh, you know, "Good evening," like eight times oh right God. out of the gate, <laughs> right at that moment. And, and she is she is so great in this movie. And I always loved mm-hmm. I, I love Penelope Cruz. She's one of my favorite actresses on the planet. Mm-hmm. And she can she's played comedy in the past before. She's worked in some you know some funny Almodovar movies in the past. But she's brilliantly hilarious. And that there's a wonderful scene between the two because you know. They've been in movies together a couple of times before, but they've never worked really together, Banderas and, uh, and Penelope Cruz, uh-huh. because they've been separate uh, in, in, in Almodovar movies, and they've only worked a couple of times together. There is a scene in front of a mirror where after uh, uh, Antonio Banderas has been <laughs> injured, and she's like comforting him and sitting on his lap, where like she's like gazing into the mirror, and he's looking in the mirror, gazing in the mirror, where I was like, look at these two working together so brilliantly. And she, uh, she I don't know if I've seen anybody work and be so funny and so sexy and, and so knowing, I think since like the heyday of Sophia Loren, like it's that kind mm-hmm. of, it's that kind of like iconic stuff that she's doing. Um, I think official competition is one of the best movies of the year. We don't have time to talk about the forgiven, but it rules. Uh, so. <laughs> we so. wouldn't have had more to say about that. Yeah. I oh think. no. Yeah, I know, but we don't have, we don't have time. Uh, all right. What do we, what, what the next time we talk? Uh, nope. That, uh, nope. Yes. Nope. The new, the new, uh, the new uh, uh, Jordan Peele horror comedy, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. sci-fi thing. Okay, and- uh, Eric, Steve, thank you guys very, very much uh, for hanging out, and thank you for being a part of the uh, podcast since the second uh, episode, and it's episode <laughs> fifty today. So. Yes, we've been with you in spirit since day one. Day one. Yes, there you yes, go. Okay, yeah. thanks, guys. Take care. All right, thanks. Thank you. Bye. There you go. Steve Procopi uh, and uh, Eric Childress, movie reviews, and now we're celebrating the fiftieth. Uh, episode of the Nick D podcast, and I can't think of a better way to do that than bringing in Esmeralda Leon and the British Bon Vivant Slap Slapley. 
Let's hear about Esmeralda. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Esmeralda Leon. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself some Esma. Love me some Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. yeah. Esmeralda. Esmeralda Leon. Uh, it is time uh, to uh, hang out with uh, Esmeralda Leon. She rules and joins me uh, on the podcast uh, all uh, the time. Hi, Esmeralda. How are you? Hello. I'm doing good. Hey, do you know it's a big today is a big one? It, today is the 50th episode of the Nick Holy D podcast. Moly. Isn't that amazing? There's been 50 of these. There's been this is the 50th. So there's been 49. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Holy. Kelly, are you Well, here I'll give you a little uh, here's a little inspiration for Ladies you. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Sally O'Malley. Yeah. I'm proud to say I'm 50 years old and Episode. I'm not one of those gals who's afraid to hide her age unlike yeah. some other gals and I like to kick, yeah. stretch and kick. I'm 50. That's right. That's we're 50. We like to we like to do that as well. So. We like to kick, stretch, and kick. <laughs> uh, any excuse for me to play Molly Shannon? You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. I know that now. I played it earlier uh, in the podcast, but Esmeralda, you have not heard it. Our genius friend Jason Skaggs, who obviously composed and performs the Esmeralda theme. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, uh, Skaggs, we're coming up. This is going to be 50 episodes, and he put together. A song. Are you ready, Esmeralda? Oh, goodness. Yes. <laughs> I love that response. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Jason Skaggs and the 50th episode of the Nick D podcast. And here is the song. Listen up, Esmeralda. Oh, welcome, everybody, to the Lounge Lizard Lounge in beautiful podcast land, everybody. Hey, we made it to the 5-0. Yeah, we did. 5 and the lady that rules the planet, Esmeralda Leo. Can we get her a tall lemonade? Tall lemonade. First we started with one episode. Now we got 49 more. Who was that? Someone's at the door. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. I know you do. There it is. <laughs> that was, oh my God. That was amazing. I like that I got a tall lemonade. You get a tall lemonade yummy. out of the deal. Sounds real yummy. I, I love <laughs> I love Jason Skaggs so much. It's unbelievable. I was like, hey man, you want to do something? Just throw something together for the 50th episode. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, wow. man, yeah. Hey, listen, man, no problem. Yeah. And like, I, f- I don't know, t- 20 hours later, that was in my mailbox. I like that this is him throwing something together. Yeah. Just throw that together, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I think, I think I'll be able to do that. And I'm like, all right. So there it is. That is some talent. It certainly is. All right. Well, anyway, uh, we made it to 50, Esmeralda. I don't. Whew. 
Yeah. So uh, it's been fun. A lot of really great guests. A lot of really fun segments and regular yeah. guests. And then uh, you and I, it's just a blast to talk to you. I look forward to it. It's, uh, it's always the highlight of the two times of week when I get to talk to you. One time. Oh. Uh, the one time on, on the first Tuesday of each month. It's always, it always yes. makes me sad that you're not there. Oh. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, it's the 50th uh, episode, and I thought it would be great to, to celebrate this milestone mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. bringing in our old uh, seafaring uh, British man. You know mm-hmm. who I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His, his name is Slap Slapley. He is a good friend of Tom Hush. Did you know that Tom Hush is the executive producer of the Best Morning Drive show in the city? I thought I heard that somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tom is the executive producer of the <laughs> Steve Cochran show, 530 nice. uh, to 9 a.m. every weekday morning on WLS, the Big 89. And uh, Steve's killing it, by the way. And so is Tom. They're doing awesome. They're doing a bang up job. It's just great. It's so, so great. Uh, but anyway, he's really good friends with uh, Slap Slapley, and Slap has that submarine, and he likes to join us to play a little uh, for the record. I believe if I play uh, that song, he magically appears. You know how that works, right? Right, 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 right yeah. Okay, so let's see if this happens. Oh, oh. hello! Oh, there he is! Woo! <laughs> 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 Yes. Uh, there he is. Oh, goodness. Hi, Hi, Slap. Hello, Nicholas. How are you today? I'm I'm fine. How are and, you, my oh, friend? I'm I am dandy. I you know, you've just called me over from the biggest party in all of Britain. <laughs> oh no. Was it yes, I'm was it sorry was, about that. Was it not <laughs> sanctioned? Uh are people gonna get in trouble? Are people going to get in trouble? Well, it's never a good party in Britain if people aren't getting arrested by men in funny hats. That's the signal of a fantastic, fantastic party. You know, where? do you know where I just was? No, where were, where were you, Slap? I do not know. Literally five steps outside of 10 Downing Street. Really? Yes, I don't know if you've heard the news. I, I did. I, it's a big. Uh, it's a big. Uh, it's a big story out there. Yes, I did hear yes. the news today. Oh, That's boy. right. Yeah. Oh yes, my 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 old schoolmate Boris Johnson has been given the boot. Your He's old been... schoolmate. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh wow. We went okay. to. Were you we close? Went to, oh yeah, uh, quite close. I mean, we went oh. to Shepley Academy in <laughs> Kensingtonshire for about. Right. I mean, I mean, we both kind of flunked out a few times. You know, Yikes. we had to go back and re- repeat a few years. I right. think we were there for like fifteen years altogether. <laughs> And then I went on to become a gallivanting playboy, and he yeah. went on to become prime minister. So yeah. not right. too shabby for my well, old boy. But he's done. He's, he's out. He's, he's gone. Out. He's out. Was yes. that, now, was that, was that what the party was for? Slap? I, I mean, were well, you cel- we, was it a celebratory party, even though he's your old friend? It's the right. strangest thing. We were just <laughs> having a party in the street, and then all of a sudden he comes out, sets up a lectern, tells everyone he's leaving. We had no idea. We were just there. We were just wow. hanging out. Wow. What kind hmm. of luck is that? That's amazing. I mean, this way he doesn't have to do anything. Everyone's it's, there oh, already. Yeah, well, yeah. Something to, you know, I didn't actually <laughs> send him an invite. I felt terrible, but I didn't send. I figured there was. I, I already you didn't invited send him like an invite, people. although it was right outside his right house. outside his house. But yeah, it, it slipped my mind. What can oh, I wait, say? Speak, speaking okay. of right outside the house, wait a minute. Hold it. 
Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Hi, Carrie. I love Nick's show. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Are you uh, are you familiar, uh, Slap, with uh, with with Carrie, Miss, Miss Carrie Russell? Yes, I loved her in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> spectacular. Her most yeah. notable project. Yeah, she, she... I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else. <laughs> That's about it. Uh huh. She's at, you know she stayed in touch with Matt Reeves and J.J. Abrams uh, uh, after they created. They went on to do other stuff. Oddly, uh, after they mm. created Felicity, yeah, yeah. One of them went on to do a little thing with the Star Wars and the Star Trek, and the other one went on to make the best Batman movie of all time. And uh, and direct some great uh, Planet of the Apes movies as well. Yeah, who, so they, who would have ever thought? Who yeah, would have ever who guessed have ever it? Thought. But yeah, Carrie likes to hang out on my back porch. She's out there right now if you need her at any time. Okay, I will make sure. Let me make a note of that. Carrie. Okay. <laughs> is, is that two S's in Russell or just one? Two S's, two L's, one R, and an I for Carrie. Oh, jeez. I feel like I'm on Wheel of Fortune. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Now, I will say this. Uh, you know, we're about to play uh, For the Record. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and mm-hmm. Slap, that's a game that we like to play. It's a music trivia game, yes. Correct. All right. I would like, Esmeralda, I would like you to feel, me and, and myself and you, Esmeralda, we will feel better about ourselves because there's no way that if, even if we get some questions wrong, Esmeralda, mm-hmm. and Slap, I think you, you will acknowledge this as well. Mm-hmm. We cannot be dumber than this person. In the 1980s, Chuck D began fighting the power in this hip hop group with Flavor Flav, a man who always knew what time it was. Hallie. What is the Funky Bunch? No. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's that, a real that hurt. That's real. That's that's uh, that uh, hurt. Um, well, I, I have to say, Chuck D is a personal friend of mine, has been oh, for years. Oh, he has. And uh, just, it's just insulting. It's just yeah. flat out insult. And Nick, I know you're the biggest fan of Public Enemy. You've seen them. Uh, you've seen them a few times. Have you yes. only seen them the once? No, no, several times. Yes, several. Brilliant, times. brilliant yes. artist, brilliant performer. Uh, but yeah, that's that's real. That's from last week. That's my Mbiala. Yeah. In is. the 1980s, Chuck D began fighting the power in this hip hop group with Flavor Flav, a man who always knew what time it was. Hallie. What is the Funky Bunch? The Funky no. Bunch. No. I believe it. I believe that they wouldn't get that, those nerds. <laughs> so we I can't believe be. I okay. could have her killed. <laughs> I know a few people. I could, I could have that done. I could uh, have that happen. Boris isn't busy. I mean. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, he could easily be the world's most conspicuous ha- hitman. Has any. <laughs> He, yeah, no, he looks no. like a pile of laundry on top of another pile of laundry. <laughs> he does. Has any, am I the only one that every time I see him, I think of the, the Who song? Uh, the Boris the Spider. That's why I think of like every time. I yeah, you know, I, b- I believe it was written about him. Was you it? Know? Ri- yeah, Roger Daltrey <laughs> met him in a back alley and just assumed he was a great big arachnid. Right. Uh, that's it. Okay, with with some dirty laundry hanging on his on his on his legs. Clearly. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, we can't be that stupid. And and uh, so I will say this, uh, uh, slap. You are not dealing with a person that dumb on your game show. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> not that dumb. Not yeah. That that's dumb. the that's the key. Not that dumb. We're still right. dumb. Just not that dumb. So <laughs> we are playing for the record. It's a music trivia game, uh, and there are different categories, as Slap says. And it is me versus Esmeralda, 
And we always play for uh, a, an amount of money and a ride in a car. Oh, well, like, obviously, James Conn's going to be giving us a ride today. In what yeah. car? Yeah. Um, a, a 1972 Buick Sierra. No, that's not, there's no Buick never made a Sierra, did they? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. All right. Well, it's a Buick. <laughs> Just and, make uh, sure you don't go through any toll booths. <laughs> oh, yeah. And don't go near the Green Mill no. at any time. Oh. Um, so anyway, for people who might not know, uh, James Kahn passed away. He passed away on July 6th. So now my birthday is now going to be forever for me associated with James Kahn's death. <laughs> so that, that sucks. But anyway, James Kahn will, uh, will have $8 million and a ride from James Kahn. That sounds like quite a prize. I think it is. I think it's usually worth they're it. not. <laughs> usually they're a bit, usually, uh, don't really look forward to it. But no. this one, yes. But it's James Caan, too. And he's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so anyway. Um, all right. Uh, so, uh, Slap, are, are we ready? Or, you know, you, we, I think we've explained it, right? Music trivia game with different Absolutely. categories. Yes. And you're all set yes. and ready to go. How's the submarine? You got it docked? Yes, I've actually been planning on having Denzel Washington over so we could recreate the best scenes in Crimson Tide. I've told you, oh, how, wow. I've told you how one of my friends describes that movie, right? Slap? How's that? This is the movie. <laughs> this is how he did. And it's my favorite description of a movie ever. You know how you like somebody's like, hey, I can't think of the name of the movie. And this is how he described it. And this is always how I describe Crimson Tide. My friend would say, hey, uh, what the hell's the name of that movie where uh, uh, Gene Hackman and Denzel Washington are punching the shit out of each other for an hour and a half? <laughs> <laughs> that's accurate. The, Very that's accurate. The, so, <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, all right, uh, Slap. I, it's usually what it's Esmeralda goes first. Yes, ladies first. My right. favorite contestant, Esmeralda. The, yes. One of two. Oh. I, I don't think I've ever played this game with anyone else. So, I mean, you know, they, <laughs> there right. it is. You didn't have to tell me that, but okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> now, your category, category, Ms. Leon, is the mm-hmm. 80s. Oh, here we go. All right. Here okay, it is. In, in 1987, Ozzy Osbourne released the album Tribute in honor of what guitarist? Come on now. Oh, oh well, I get I you get, get multiple choice. I've got, okay. we, we've got some choices <laughs> here on the on the little cue card. Uh, is it A. Randy Rhodes, B. Mick Ronson, C. Robert Johnson, or D. Paris Hairday? <laughs> Paris Hairday. I, I'm I, quite I, proud of myself. I remembered his name, even without the multiple choice. Randy Rhodes. That is correct. That is Very absolutely good. correct. Yeah, spectacular. Oh, Randy Rhodes. Uh, did you I, see they, they did a they did a television show with um, Ozzy and his son Jack, where they went traveling around, yeah. and they went and listened to the original master tapes from you know uh that era where he was with randy rhodes and it brought ozzy to tears blizzard of oz from the, Blizz- the blizzard yeah, of oz because Bliz- he only recorded two albums with him blizzard and uh, diary of a madman um and they're both amazing i'm i'm in the minority i prefer diary over blizzard i know i'm well diary's got uh bark at the moon on it right no bark at the moon has bark at the moon on it oh um, and, and <laughs> but, that, bark but the, i thought that was randy no and bark at the moon also does not have randy rhodes on it who bark plays bark I love Bark at the I thought that uh, was Randy. No, that's not. No, Randy, Randy, the only two albums he did with Randy Randy. 
Well, does, good night, everybody. Does, 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 does Diary have Bark at the Moon on it? No, the album Bark at the Moon has Bark at the Moon on it. Is the Bark album... at the Moon that video where that woman turns into, like, a monster? No, he turns into a monster. Ozzy does. He turns into a werewolf. Oh, okay. Well, you guys are really getting... You guys have well, no correct... I don't correct, know what I'm... I just know no... this is... It's from a pop-up video. It was a Ozzy... I thought it was Bark at the Moon. I guess not. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Well, you got it right, though. Yeah, Yay. so that's one for Esmeralda. Put it on the big board. All right, put it on the board. Yes! God, I can't believe I'm quoting Hawk Harrelson. What's wrong with me? <laughs> all right. Uh, Show me Randy Rhodes. Um, <laughs> all right, Nick, you're next. Yeah. And yeah. Nick, it's the 90s. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> didn't you say at one point it was it's nineties uh, was all about cocaine at one time? Oh no, that, that's really? that's the eighties. The eighties yeah, is the say. era that brought you cocaine. The nineties is the era that brought you the black crows and heroin. Um, right, mm. that's right. Heroin mm. made a comeback. I knew it was that one of those ri- things. That's right. Yeah, it was back in Maybe big ecstasy. You know, yeah, yeah, ecstasy for some folks. You know, personally, the ravers. I, I was a little bit more of an LSD man myself. I just uh-huh. kind of started taking it in 1967 and never right, you stopped. And, you and Boris, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You should have seen him on an LSD trip. I once found him uh-huh. in a tree, no clothes on, eating his own shoes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Did he, and he was I prime minister. I could believe that completely. <laughs> And he was pro- wow. It was, but this was when he was prime. Oh, yeah, no, this oh. was even. This was, Goodness. This was a few. Was, well, a few was a few weeks ago. What? what, what oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was after that party at Ten Downing Street. <laughs> in a tree, eating uh, his own shoes. Right. Uh, who hasn't Amazing. done that? Hey, hey. Who hasn't done that? All right. Uh, All right. Okay. The nineties. The nineties. I'm ready. What the hell? What? What was that? Did Boris show up and knock stuff over? What's going on? No, my cat decided to jump. Oh, it was your cat. Stuff. Oh, it was your cat. That's okay. the way it's I think is. he heard us talking about Ozzy Osbourne and he was like, I have a story. I have an Ozzy story. <laughs> I know what I know the albums in correct order, these other people don't. Uh wait, hold All on. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Sally O'Malley. Yeah. I'm proud to say I'm fifty years old. I'm not one of those gals who's afraid yeah. to hide her age, unlike some other gals, and I like to kick right. stretch. And kick. I'm 50. Did you know that slap that we're 50? That this is the 50th episode. Oh, I I knew that. I thought you were saying that you were 50. I was no, like, no, I, you're a bit I, back. Oh, far I from it. 50. I did have. Why don't you both <laughs> shut up? I'm not. Uh, I'm just being. I did. Honest. I did just have a birthday. I did yesterday, and I turned. Well, the day before, whatever. Then I was. <laughs> I turned 57, so I'm seven years away from 50. So. Anyway. What? And three years oh, away well, from see. 60. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seven years away from 50. I'm past 50. I was, usually when people say that it's the other, like they're going to get there. And I was like, you've no. already passed that one, no, sir. No, no, no. I'm, I'm three years away from 60. How about that? There you go. All right. The 90s. All right. Before, the 90s. I, before I forget everything. Uh, okay. All right. Here it is. Who had the hit track Blue on Black? Blue on Black. What? Was it? The Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band, Johnny Lang, Eric Clapton, or Robert Cray? Hmm. Blue on black in the 90s. Blue on black. Good luck there. Uh, Robert Cray, I'm going to say. 
I'm sorry, Nick. That is incorrect. It was the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band. Wouldn't have known that. Uh, blue. Okay. What is it? Blue on black. Blue on black. Never. Well, so, maybe I have heard the song, but I don't. Uh, Esmeralda gets a question about which guitarist died in Ozzy's <laughs> band, and I get who recorded Ke- Kenny Chesney's underwear track. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's fantastic. It's Kenny Wayne Shepherd. All right. Whatever. Kenny Chesney's underwear track. That's a that's a pretty good. Kenny. Oh yeah, Kenny Wayne Shepherd was that. He was like, oh, everyone was like all up his all up his butt when he came out because he was Wait. young, right? Wait, I you remember that because he was like a virtuoso. They were all up his butt. Is that what? Yeah. Is that? They were all up his butt because they were like, oh, you're so young and you're so talented. Uh-huh. I'll give you asthma. Uh huh. All right. <laughs> Do you not remember that? I just remember. I don't just remember like... them being up his butt. I I I, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I have no memory of that. They were way. Everybody was like way up. Way as they were up his butt. They were up up his butt. <laughs> All right. Uh, I hope that's the next question. Uh, Slap. Is there a question about being up somebody's butt? At all, uh, maybe. Believe it or not, no. No. Ugh. Oh, I all hate right. to break the news. You know why? Uh, because we don't talk about the seventies. <laughs> what the? F- what does know. that even mean? <laughs> what is that the hell is? What does that mean? I don't know. I'm thinking I'll like Studio Fifty Four. I'll give you orgies. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh my god. God damn it, Nick. Oh, I hit the wrong. Thing. <laughs> that wasn't. All right, that's the wrong one. Okay, it's your right. fault anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's always my fault. That's right. It's uh, always my fault. God so. damn it, Nick. Okay. All right. Hesmeralda's up one to nothing. And what's the next category? The next category is <laughs> real name. Uh oh. Real name. Kenny right. Chesney's mm. underwear. <laughs> no. All right. Oh, what? Jesus. Um. What was George Michael's birth name? What was his birth name? Is it Nathan Paul Gerard, Georgios Kyriakos Paniutu, Michael Allen Hapala, or George Michael Huama? What? <laughs> um, can you give me that second one again? <laughs> Why? I I mean. I would like you to. I didn't quite the hear most, it, so I'm just the, checking. The most Greek name since Andrea Dallas, uh, Georgios Kyriakos mm-hmm. Panayotou. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I think it's that one. That Can you is say it correct. Again, though? I'm no, not no, that's correct. Sure. Oh, oh that, sorry. I thought that was your guess. Uh, okay. Well, you got it right. I guess that's yeah. a freebie. That's... What was the last one again? Whammy. <laughs> What's his? What are they called? Whamma. <laughs> George Michael Whammer. That's where he got the name Wham. You know, it's funny. I just just went to go see the George Michael documentary last week, and that was the truth. His name was Whammer. I totally forgot about that. Like, little known fact. (laughs) Little known fact. Oh, man. All right. Wow. Two to nothing. So you get what is George George Michael clearly, you know, known for being Greek, and that's the question Mm -hmm. you get. And I get Kenny Chesney's (laughs) jockstrap. I I appreciate that. All right. All I think I was in that band back in the day, as you Steve Cochran would Steve say. Co- but speaking of which, you know, your buddy Tom, you know, by the way, your buddy Tom Hush mm. is doing a really, t- could you tell him that he's doing an unbelievably great job producing uh, the Steve Cochran show on the WLS? 
Um, I, I'm sure he would appreciate the sentiment, but I will not tell him that. He needs Don't to, tell him that. All right. We, can't, we cannot let him know that people wow. actually think he's good at what he does. Right. Because Yikes. he needs to just be a, a tiny little ball of anxiety at, at all times. It's gotcha. the only way he's capable of functioning, right. and we must do that for his all own right. benefit. Well, uh, I was on this morning, and he, was, he sucked up the place. <laughs> I was on the Steve Cochran show this morning, and he was terrible, and Tom was terrible. Is that better? Did we lose? Are you there, Slap? Slap? I think we lost Slap. Did we oh, lose? no. Slap! <laughs> I think, uh, Esmeralda, I think we may have lost Slap. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not getting any response from Slap. Oh. It says slap has gone away. Oh, now it's oh, no. there. We go. What the hell yeah. happened, slap? Um, my internet is absolute shite. Oh, okay. I mean, he did go. He is at that. <laughs> he did have that party, so they probably he got did. sucked back. And then... all right. <laughs> well, let's get back yeah. to the game. Uh, I will. I. I, I just all right, was back saying to the bef- game. before we got uh, cut off there, uh, slap. I, I. I did appear on Steve Cochran's show this morning, Friday morning, and 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 uh, Tom was terrible. I'll, I'll, I, I, I know he's he's just I, I don't know he's just there's something about him I hate him but I also wow. keep him around for promotional yeah. purposes I got gotcha. you well because gotcha. he's your but he's your family right <sighs> well I mean in a roundabout way yes in the in the same <laughs> way that me and you know um Zar Nicholas were related it's just a little bit <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a royal thing uh-huh I all see right. I see all right, now that's all. That's all cleared up. What's the next? What's the, what's the all right. next? The next. The next category is you're on stage. Oh God! All okay, right. this is going to you, Nick. Yeah. Michael Jackson received the 1993 Grammy Legend Award. Is that true or false? Michael 1990, Jackson. 1993. 93. Did he receive the Grammy hmm. Legend Award in 1993? Is that true or false? Jeez, uh, I'm gonna say. False. That is incorrect. He it's did, true. in fact, receive it. I thought he would get it before that. <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't know I don't know why. All right. Okay. Well, I'm getting killed. Boy, this is just turning out this ugly. A, uh, yeah. So much for 50. Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, so right. much. So much. Ladies and gentlemen, my. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Sally. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, and all right. Esmeralda, two to nothing. You're killing me. And now the question goes to Esmeralda. You could take a three nothing mm-hmm. lead and just slam mm-hmm. the door shut. On uh, Kenny Chesney's jock. Mm. <laughs> All right. Looking One forward hit. to it. The category is her absolute favorite because she doesn't understand it. One hit wonder. Yes, she doesn't understand <laughs> this category. That's right. Oh, no, I understand it. <laughs> I, d- I just have I high... Don't, I don't know if you I do. I have high uh, standards, but okay. All right. Call it, you, I mean, you could put lipstick on a pig, you know, that doesn't make it my wife. Um... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Jesus. <laughs> All right. One hit wonder. What was Haircut 100's only U.S. hit? So the, uh, the band Haircut 100, what was their only U.S. hit? Mm. Was it A, Love Plus One, B, Hair, C, Take On Me, or D, The Barber of Seville? Mm. Haircut 100. This is actually, I know this song. I quite like this song. I do too. Oh. I love it. I love it, actually. Can you repeat? If I must. Um, uh, Asmerelda, yes, you, yes. you should be able to get this one because the, 
I think he should be able to get this one. Just repeat right. him again there, uh, Slash. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm doing some haircut. deducing. I got you. All right. Haircut 100. What was it? Only mm-hmm. U.S. hit. Was it mm-hmm. <clears throat> Love Plus One, mm-hmm. Hair, Take mm-hmm. On Me, or The Barber mm-hmm. of Seville? Mm-hmm. Uh, Love Plus One. That is correct. Great sound. Okay. That's a, that's a <laughs> huge lead. Because the other two, I the other you're gonna go wrong. Take on me. Like, one of them. I mean, obviously, one of them is one of them is aha, and the other two are just like wacky hair related. Well, one's songs. a one's well, the a bar- both, opera. They're both real. They're both <laughs> yeah. real because hair is from hair. Hair's mm-hmm. from the from the and then the Barbara Seville is real. But anyway, like haircut one hundred. Yeah, I used to love that song. It's a wonderful song. You really, know who loved really that song? Awesome. Hey, listen. Uh, well, that's My because. Joe had impeccable taste in he music. Did. That's why. He did. he did. You know, Esmeralda and I were out under the stars with uh, uh, with uh, her boyfriend, Colin, and we saw a couple of weeks ago, we saw Tears for Fears. Amazing. Uh, uh, slap. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, uh, the new material, li- they literally sound like a completely modern band. They really do. It's, it, it's very impressive. It's so good. It's, it's so good. I didn't so realize. Good. Yeah, they're just great. It was just a great night. So okay, and I thought you you probably partied with them too, right? Uh, slap you and roll. Oh yeah, right I up. mean, I I I remember when we were hanging out in about 1986. Yeah, and I uh, forget about Tears for Fears. They were Tears for Beers, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. right. Sinking uh-huh. a few points at the right. local, yeah. if sure. you know what I mean. I think um, I I, I got gotcha. you. I'm pretty sure I got you on, on that one. All right. Okay. All right. What's All right. That? I still haven't gotten one question right. It's three to uh-uh. nothing. Esmeralda is murdering me. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Nick, yeah. hopefully you can get this one because you're right. in the mosh pit. Oh, God. And Sebastian Bach is here. <laughs> oh, good. good. I'll knock him on his ass. All right. All right. How many number one U.S. pop hits did headliner Madonna have between 1984 and 1997? So how Jesus many number one Christ. hits? Oh Solid gold number ones. All what right. What kind of question? From 1984 yeah. to, to 97? Yes. Jesus to Christ. Okay. You've got to nice. d- dig deep here, Nick. Dig deep. Yeah, and I, you All know right. how much I worship this woman, too. So this is... Uh, Very true. All right. So if you get it wrong, it's going to be uh She's going to break a... up with me. She's going to break up yeah. with me. Madonna's going to break up with me. All you right. can no longer call yourself a fan. No. Okay. All right. Here are your <laughs> options. Here are your options, Nick. Yeah. Was it 11, 0, 7, or 28? Okay. Okay. This might be, they might be pulling some sort of trick shit. Uh, I'm going to go, what was the first one, 11? 11. It's either A or D. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, eleven A. That is correct. Okay. Oh, how the, look at you. How the hell would it have been D? Twenty eight number one hits. Because she's. Madonna. I could see that. Yeah, I could she's totally ma- see that. Because she's Madonna, bitch. Can That's you why. even? Can you <laughs> name how many years me off is the that? top 80, of your head? What's eighty four? Eighty four was her first. A little summer. over ten years. A little over her, ten years. About. I yeah. could believe it. It's 13 years. 13 years. But yeah. no, can, can you even name me 28 Two Madonna songs? Two songs a year? Can you Madonna, name between, me 28 between, Madonna songs? Between 84 and 97? All of them number yeah. one? 
Yeah, but, but she, she I, ha- I mean, you got you it aware? right, but I'm just Slap, saying. She, she also, uh, for a while, uh, be- talked like you and lived in your country for a no, while. No, 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 no. Just because she was married to Guy Ritchie does not mean anything. No, I, so was I, the was, question, wait, what was the question? How many again? number was one it, hits? How many number one hits? Number okay. one, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many went number one. I would just assume all the ones I know did go number one. <laughs> And she's got a lot of them, but that's why I said 11. All right, I got that right. I just Madonna wanted will... to have a little fight with you. I wanted Madonna... to have a little scuffle. Madonna's not going to break up with me. Okay. I Good. could totally see I could totally see 28. Me too. I would not even <laughs> I, would... I would not have <laughs> flinched. That's, that is if he was three... at 28. I would have been like that makes complete yeah. sense. Yeah. That is three albums worth of music. That's almost yeah. three albums worth of music. Yeah, I could totally believe one. that she would have yeah, she's, uh, she's got I don't a even lot... know. She Slap. maybe released four albums in that time period. Are you out of I'm your just... mind? Between 84 what? and 97? There's like nine when albums. When did she start? It, 82. I'm and 84, 84 was when, 84, her first record came out, and then right at the, at the beginning of that year, 83, 84 is like when uh, Holiday and Borderline, those things came out. And then, like a what? virgin was released. End of '84. End of '84. Like a virgin came so, out. So I mean, come on, the snowball of all of that. Come Everything on. after that to '97. '97. Holy was... hell! And '97 was when, like, she re re upped with her yeah. yoga and shit, right? And that was when she like 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 she did the uh, uh, beautiful stranger from the stupid ass uh, Mike Myers. Yeah, so movie. she already had, yeah. Was that year? So I I completely believe. Yeah. Fine. She could have. Slap, believe what you want not... to believe. <laughs> Slap believe just what... mad. You're just mad because she she, she, pre- she pretended to be British for a while. That's why. I mean, okay, it, w- I am looking, it was a problem. I am looking at a a, um, a website with the discography of Madonna. Um, yes, and just and it's looking hit after hit after hit after exactly fucking tasty looking hit. at the first album, <laughs> the first one, just Madonna, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucky Star, Borderline, yep. Yep. Holiday. Come yep. on. Yep. And that's just the first record. Yeah. You know, and then you got like a, you got like a virgin, you got like a prayer. Material girl. I mean, there's just, it's ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Well, of course. Um, Dress you up? Like, I don't know. Was that even, was that a hit? Cause I Yeah, of course it was. They're all hits. God damn it. It's Madonna. All right, I've had enough. I've had enough of this. <laughs> Slap is one of my guys. Chuck anymore. D began fighting the power in this hip hop group with Flavor Flav, a man who always yeah. knew what time it was. Holly. What is the Funky Bunch? Oh. No. Are you missing no. Holly? Are you missing no. Holly at this point, Slap? Are you missing Holly? <laughs> I might take Holly. I really might. I All really, right. Let's, really let's might. move on. The first round, Esmeralda's up three to one. And now yeah. we're at yeah. round two. All right. Getting, and then we're yeah. going to start with Nick here Uh-oh. so so that we switch up the categories. Yes. Um, Category. That's right. All right, Nick. It's the 80s. Yeah. Very good 80s. decade. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of cocaine. Yeah, yeah, that's the nickname for the 80s. Cocaine time. Cocaine. <laughs> All right. Uh, you'll love this, Nick. The fraudulent duo Millie Vanilli oh. formed in what country? The fraudulent duo. That's the fraudulent fantastic. Duo. Yeah. I think it's another Steve Cochran band. Was the fraudulent Millie duo. Vanilli? Or, okay. No, the fraudulent duo. I think he was in that band. <laughs> Uh, okay, I, I can't really remember. You got to give me the. Um... All right, we'll give you the options. Yeah. Uh, Germany, the USA, England, or <laughs> Bogus. 
No, come on. Is that really what they wrote? Bogustan? Um, yeah, I'm just reading wow. the cards. I'm just reading the cards. They're just, wow. They're really just coming for I, them. Uh, it's More Germany. Milly Vanilli. Germany. That, that is correct. Well, one of, them, one of them's dead. One of the Milly, it's either Vanilli or Milly. Is dead. Yeah, he, he did. He killed himself. He killed himself. Oh, yeah. he did. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was gonna make a pithy joke, but I yeah, maybe it's just in that. bad taste. I'll it leave that one on the table. <laughs> leave that one on the table. Uh, anyway, wow, I Esmeralda. got one right. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to the nineties before we jump into more suicide jokes. Yeah. <laughs> God. All right. Uh, Esmeralda, who brought the 1991 song Unbelievable to number one on the U.S. charts? God. You're unbelievable. Oh! Who brought that to number one? Was it A, EMF, B, Escape Club, C, Enigma, or D, Erasure? That was EMF. That is correct. Yeah. Very wow. correct. Esmeralda, you are killing today. It's uh, yeah, it's a bloodbath. Yeah. James, James Kahn is very <laughs> excited because you liked him in Elf. He's so ready to go. <laughs> and, and I really want to see undercover grandpas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Wow. Okay. EMF. Yeah, I remember. God, I hate that song. Yeah, unbelievable. How do you not like that song? I don't know. I don't like it. Wow. It should be something I like. It should be. Did he I have just... any other? Did they have any no, other hits? That was the, that was the that only was one. It. Yeah, that was it. Yo, so. unbelievable. Oh, how do you not like that song? No, I don't know. I was All too busy right. listening to Prodigy at the time. I think. So, <laughs> I guess. All, All right. right. <laughs> what's what? What do we got now? What's next? Well, is it? What's uh, the next one? There, uh, slap. Next slap? one is is the real name. Next oh. category, real name. I'm always really good at this. <laughs> And funny enough, it's another Madonna question. Wait a minute now. What what is Madonna's birth <laughs> really, name? What? Really testing oh, you. God. All right. She's got you know what? she's got twenty eight different names. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah. <laughs> they all charted. I don't know if you knew that. Or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. It's uh, I I know it, but go ahead. All Give right. Me, I want to hear the choices. Is it? A, Madonna Mary Massoni. Is it B, Madonna Louise Ciccone? Is it C, Mary Lou Retton? Or D, (laughs) May Ann Sikowski? Wow. See, that's why I wanted to hear the choices, because I knew there'd be a couple of buttes. Mary Lou Retton? Uh, it's, it's, It's B, for God's sake. And that is correct. Yeah, Ciccone. Ciccone. Yeah. Is she Italian or something? She is very, yes, she is. Yeah. She is. Do you not know, Slap? Do you not know anything (laughs) about Madonna? What is is going, Esmeralda, are you as shocked as I am that Slap doesn't know shit about Madonna? Are you? I guess he never hung out with her (laughs) while she was in England. No. But then again, she probably wouldn't talk about that if she was in England. Yeah. I mean, she well, was I'll, married to she was married to a jackass at the time. So yeah, uh, me and Guy Ritchie had problems because you know he ba- he based the movie Snatch off my life, and he never mm. gave. I never saw a dime from it. No never credit. saw a dime. No. Who are you in the movie? I'm the dog. Like, who is the? You're, oh, you're the. You're the do- <laughs> yeah, I could see. I could see why you'd want to. You should have sued. Oh man, you could have right. won. God, I hate that movie. I, but I love Brad Pitt in it. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that the only thing that, to me, me like the, the most genuine <laughs> performance in that movie is Brad Pitt's? 
Well, what and about like, bullet? What about Bullet Tooth Tony? No, I love Bullet Tooth God, Tony. I can't stand those movies. Uh, you, you know, your friend Tom Hush and I have had discussions about. I want a caravan uh, for me, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I mean, I, lo- I love. I mean, I oh. love Brad Pitt in that movie. Do you like uh. Dags? Yeah, I like Dags. Dags. Yeah. Do you mean dogs? <laughs> oh, yeah. I like dogs. Oh, God. All right. No more quoting Guy Ritchie movies, okay? Let's move on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. It's four right. to three. I'm starting to catch up at some point here. All right. Esmeralda's got the next question. Mm-hmm. All right, Esmeralda. You're on stage. Oh, man. Here we oh. go, Esmeralda. Okay. <laughs> I, personally, I think this is a gimme, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, which Paul Simon LP won a 1986 Grammy for Album of the Year? Oh, for Christ's sake. Is it A, is it A The Rhythm of the Saints, B, Hearts and Bones, C, Still Crazy After All These Years, or D, Graceland? Graceland. That is correct. You know, I okay, got to say this. Because I was like, I don't know any other of those I, names. I got to say this, though, Slap. <laughs> That's one of the only questions where all of the uh, multiple choices are actual albums by Paul Simon. Yeah. Really? Because, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have. They didn't make anything up. I thought maybe it would be one of them would be Garfunkel sucks or something. I, but, <laughs> yeah, but those I are all actual. Those. <laughs> those are all actual Paul Simon. I only know of the Graceland one. Yeah. That's why I picked it. <laughs> well, you got it right. Man, you are killing. You are killing. I, James Conn is so excited. I can see him outside on the back porch mm-hmm. with Carrie Russell. Does he have a copy of Undercover Grandpa for he, me? Yes, he does. He's got a copy of Undercover <laughs> Grandpa because he's so proud of it. All right, Slap, What's what do I got now? All right, your category is one that you actually understand. What's, uh, Esmeralda oh, doesn't. Uh, it's one yes. hit wonder. I understand mm-hmm. that category. Esmeralda mm-hmm. does not. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to... If you do not give this answer to me right off the top of your head, I'm just not going to give it to you. Because you won't even read oh, the... Oh, boy. You won't even I'm, read no, I'm gonna read. I'm, it's that, I won't even. That it's much that of a gimme? obvious. It's that obvious. All right. It really is. And if it if it's not that much of a gimme, you don't deserve it. Um, Jesus Christ, man! Wow. Sorry, wow. it's it's been a long day. Clearly. <laughs> I <All> mean, right. <laughs> the hangover from the party outside of Ten right. Downing Street is really starting to set in. All of that Madonna stuff just pisses you off too. Well, now yeah. I'm just, I mean, you've you've completely I've you've attacked me. You've attacked All the my memories character. coming back from the snatch stuff and you know. It's just, you know, you've done nothing right. but pick 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 pick. What's the what's the what's the question slap? The question is, what group had its only U.S. hit in 1985 with Relax? Oh, come on. Just God, that it. wasn't their only. It's, it's uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Bingo. Yeah. There it is. Right. It was their only. What, what was, I, can, I can literally not think of any other songs by that group. I two really tribes, cannot. Two Tribes. Uh, Who a, knows that? I do. Nick. They did a, they did a cover <laughs> of... Uh, of uh, uh, Born to Run, which is better than than Springsteen's. Wait, what? They did a cover of Born to Run, and it's better than Springsteen's version. Okay. I'm, so I'm, just stop I'm it. Now, now I'm not just, kidding. You no, are just saying things. I am not kidding. things to be I am contrarian. Not, I am not it kidding. Is. Look it up. When we're done, look it up. Look up Frankie Goes to Hollywood and their version of Born to Run. It's better than Springsteen's version. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Hmm. I'm not kidding. All right. So now, now, it, but now I can't win because no. there's only one question left, right? 
Swear? Math- yeah, you are mathematically eliminated. I am but eliminated, I wanna... but I want to hear uh, if Esmeralda gets this right before she gets in the car with James Caan and wins eight. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, Mosh I'm already pit. like, I'm already just opening the door to leave, but okay. All right. Yes. So now, what's the, what's, what is the last question for Esmeralda? So come on. So as you're in the mosh pit, throughout the <laughs> 90s until recently, and I guess that's 2001, according to this card, <laughs> right. um, what band picked up where the Grateful Dead left off by having legions of cult-like fans following their live shows? All right. Yeah. What, mm-hmm. what band has legions of cult-like fans following their live shows? Is it A, the Spin Doctors? <laughs> B, the Backstreet Boys? C, Fish? Or D, Hansen? Um, I'm going to go with Fish. Hmm. Believe it or not, that's correct. That's correct. Now, if nice. this were updated, uh, Dave would be on that list, too. Because they've... Uh, they've Dave got- who? Dave Matthews. Okay. Well, well, are you friends with him? Are you close? <laughs> you on a first name basis? Uh, yes, I am. As much as you are with Boris, I know him as just as. Okay. Well, maybe you By too can see Dave Matthews doing acid in a tree while eating his own shoes. God damn it, Nick! All right. By the way, I just wanted to. I don't know if you saw this on the internet, uh, but there was a Trivial Pursuit question from two thousand and eight. Moops. I just thought it'd be uh, very appropriate since we were doing trivia of an old game. The question was, who has never been Batman? Ben Affleck, Christian Bale, George Clooney, Val Kilmer, or Adam West? Wait a minute. That that was an actual question from 2008? In 2008, they asked that question. So at that point in 2008... It's just funny because now you think about it. No, but now you think about it, they've all been Batman. Yeah, and so I, the answer then at that point would have been Affleck in 2008. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, in 2008. But, all of but that's them. A, yeah, yeah. Wow. that's funny. <sighs> Robert Pattinson should be on that list because he's the best Batman ever. I don't think he was even no a blip. No, he in was. He wasn't even. Yet. I don't even think he was a shiny vampire at that point. In yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. So all right. <laughs> well, Esmeralda, you win. Say hi to James Con for me. I will, and we'll be watching Undercover Grandpa together. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, so, uh, well, listen, Slap, thank you so much, my friend. I'm sorry that you were so grumpus. Grumpus among us. <laughs> I'm, I'm in better spirits now, Nick. Okay. Now that she has driven, Esmeralda has driven off into the sunset with, with, um, with, with James Conn. James Conn. Well, know, if you RIP. want to be a part of the podcast, everybody, uh, check out, leave a voicemail message, uh, 773-417-6948. Drop us an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to be a sponsor or advertise, lots of people listen to this podcast. Contact our sales department at sales at radiomisfits.com and uh, rate and review us and leave your uh, thoughts. And thanks to everybody. It was uh, episode 50. And uh, thanks to Jason Skaggs. Thanks to Esmeralda, you rule. You're the best. Oh, and uh, and uh, and uh, and thank you, Slap, my friend. Be careful uh, with your submarine getting home. Oh, I always am, Nick. I always am. Okay. All right. There's Slap. There's Esmeralda. And it was the fiftieth uh, episode. And uh, and uh, let's let's do this one more time before we get out of here. Uh, here it is. Oh, welcome everybody to the Lounge Lizard Lounge in beautiful podcast land, everybody. Hey. 
We made it to the 5 oh, yeah, we did. 5 oh, baby. 5 more than 45. Nick Delio. And the lady that rules the planet, Esmeralda Leo. Can we get her a tall lemonade? Tall lemonade. First we started with one episode. Yeah. Now we got 49 more. Who was that? Someone's at the door. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. I know you do. Talk about five five zero with Nick Gilio. He's my hero. Talk about the five o with Nick Gilio. And Esmeralda Leon. All right. Thanks, Esmeralda. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Slap. Uh, and uh, it is the thank you, uh, everybody, for getting us to 50. Uh, and uh, here's to many, many, many more. All right. Uh, RadioMisfits.com. Uh, Check us all out there. Thank you. And uh, have a good one. We'll see you next time.